Hear the word of the Lord. I lift up my eyes to the mountain. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He watches over you. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. If you're visiting here the, uh, this morning, it's lovely to have you with us. Uh, my name's Carl, I'm one of the, the pastors here, and uh, we've been working through a series uh, on the book of Psalms, and we're going to be looking at that psalm that we just read this morning. But before we do that, I just want to uh, add to Steve my uh, farewell to the Park family. They've been such a, a lovely part of our church, and personally too, obviously, you've, you've been such great friends and so kind to me. I remember an evening there not so long ago, of uh, a couple of years ago, of, of hilarity and... Uh, they probably thought, who is this guy? Who is, we thought we knew our pastor. But uh, games came out, it was just it was ridiculous. But anyway, uh, so, but you've been such a great part of our church and uh, it's so sad to see you leaving. Um, but uh, hopefully this morning's word is a word of encouragement for you uh, as you do that. Let's, uh, let's pray together and then look at that, that psalm. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who watches over us uh, and who goes with us uh, everywhere. And uh, Lord, we ask that uh, as we reflect on this psalm now this morning, uh, as we think about your word, Lord, we ask that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit, uh, that you would speak right to our very hearts, uh, that your words would encourage us and strengthen us to persevere in living for you. Uh, and walking uh, in the ways of Jesus. Lord, we ask it for his name's sake. Amen. Uh, I I wonder if you ever feel afraid of anything, Uh, if you ever get frightened by anything, Uh, and if you do, what is it that makes you afraid? Uh, There's lots of things that can make us afraid. I'm afraid of snakes. Um, uh, Mercifully, I've only ever seen a snake once, and I was in a car, and it was going across the road, uh, but every time, every time I am out riding my bike, I think, just I'm going to turn a corner and there's going to be a snake there, and what am I going to do? And, uh, and I just imagine what I would do if there was a, sn- if there was a snake there. Uh, I'm afraid of sharks too, when I used to surf. Uh, I'd just always be sitting at the back of the brakes, beyond the brake, just thinking, oh, there's a shark here, there's going to be a shark here. What was it tugging in my leg rope? Uh, you know, and the thing about being in the water is you can't see what's going on. You, know? you can't see anything coming to, uh, to attack you with their pointy teeth you know, or whatever. But there are all kinds of things uh, that can make us afraid. But it's not just animals, it's not just snakes and sharks and wildlife. It can be circumstances too, new challenges, new places, new relationships, new jobs, a new school, a new university... Uh, new health problems. There's all kinds of things that we can face in life that come out of nowhere maybe uh, and that can make us anxious or afraid or fearful. Uh, We've uh, said farewell to the Park family already this morning, but as I think about what they're facing, uh, I think in their situation I'd be anxious and fearful. 
Uh, whenever I talk to, to Young or in Kyong, they always say, no, we're trusting in God, and I'm so encouraged by that. But if it was me, I'd be, I'd be anxious. But all those fears uh, that we might have, whatever they're about, they're not always just irrational fears. You know, sometimes we can be afraid of things for no apparent reason, uh, but sometimes our fears, our anxieties, our concerns are... There's, there's a reason for them. There's a basis for them. Uh, some things are difficult, aren't they? Some things that we face are hard. Some things can go wrong that we never expected. And this psalm that we're looking at this morning, this psalm, one, psalm 121, speaks into those fears and anxieties and worries by reminding us of where our help come from, comes from and, and who it is who is helping us. Of course, this psalm is speaking from the perspective of somebody who knows God uh, and has been reconciled to God through, through Jesus. Uh, and so if you know God, if you know God through Jesus uh, and you trust him, then what this psalm has to say is it has to say to you. Uh, it has words of encouragement to say to you if you belong to Jesus. But if you don't know God through Jesus, then this psalm uh, is not speaking to you directly. But it's speaking to you indirectly. That is, it's speaking of things that you could know, that could be true of you if you come to know Jesus as well. So if you know Jesus, please be encouraged by this psalm. If you don't know Jesus, please be encouraged to come to him and know the joys and the comforts that this psalm uh, reminds us of. Well, what does it have to say? Well, it begins in verse 1 with this question, I lift my eyes to the mountains, where does my help come from? Uh, what you might wonder is the connection between hills and needing help. Uh, why, when he lifts his eyes to the hills, does he suddenly ask, where does my help come from? And to understand, we need to, we need to know something about the background and the setting of the psalm. The title of the psalm says, in little words in your Bible, a song of ascents, a song of going up. Uh, these were, this is a part of a collection of psalms uh, that was written for the journey from where people lived up to the temple in Jerusalem. Every year there were feasts and the people would journey from their hometowns to the, to the capital, to, to Jerusalem and to the temple to celebrate with the rest of God's people. And the setting of this psalm then is as they're traveling along, as they're walking along the road, as they're traveling toward Jerusalem, they're lifting their eyes to the hills around them and they're asking, where does my help come from? Hills, you see, were a place of safety. They were a place of protection. You might know that saying, uh, you know, he has the higher ground. That is, they're in a better place than I am. They're, they're more strategically placed than I am. Hills are, uh, are, are a place of protection, but hills can also be a place of danger. Uh, if you're on a hill and your enemy is on the lower ground, then you have a degree of safety. But if they're on the hill and you're lower down, then they have a degree of safety and you're at risk. And so you can imagine these people traveling along this road from their hometown to Jerusalem they're traveling along, they're looking up at the hills and they're thinking to themselves, where is my help come from? What are the dangers around me and where is my help? They're wondering how they can be safe, if they are safe. And I'm guessing that although you and I won't be walking home today among the hills, sort of wondering where the thieves and the robbers and the bandits are going to come from, who's going to come and swoop down and attack us, 
although we're probably not going to be worrying about that, nevertheless, the Bible often likens our journey in life to the journey of that these people made to the to Jerusalem it likens our journey it describes it as a journey to the heavenly Jerusalem and so not every day but often we find ourselves in a kind of similar place in that we're walking along this journey this path toward the heavenly Jerusalem to the to the city that God has called us to to an eternity with God We've been called towards that, we're walking towards it, and as we walk along that path, we wonder to ourselves, are we safe? Are we safe? Are we in danger? And it's tempting for us to look up to the hills around us and to be afraid. It's tempting to look at all the things that we thought about before, about sharks and snakes and circumstances and health challenges. It's easy to look at all those things and to be worried. And as we're worried, as we're anxious, it's easy for us to look to the wrong things for safety. It's tempting to look up to the hills and think, if only I was up there. If only I was on top of that hill, I'd be safe. If only I can save up a bit more money. If only I can pay off the house. If only I can get a better job. If only I can get more money into my super. If only, if only, if only, we think to ourselves. If only I had that, I'd be safe. And so like this psalm, sometimes it's good for us to ask ourselves the question, where does my help come from? Of course, if we've been to Sunday school, we can probably give the right answer. Help comes from God, Jesus, the Bible, whatever it is. But it's worth asking ourselves, I think, what the real answer to that question is. Where, where do I look for my help? When things go wrong... Where do I look first? When things are tough, what do I run to? Who do I run to? It's important to ask those questions. Where does my help come from? So the danger of the journey and the safety that seems to be in the hills should make us pause and think about where we look for our help. But this psalm doesn't just ask the question, it also gives the answer. Verse 2, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. The psalm reminds us that our ultimate help comes from God. And so often as we look to those other things, we need to remind ourselves that they're not our place of safety. Our greatest help comes from God. Uh, At one level, of course, that's easy for us to say, isn't it? It's easy for us to say that our help comes from God. But this psalm shows us, it demonstrates to us that we need to do more than just say, oh, well, our hope comes from God. This psalm shows us that we need to do what the psalmist did, what the writer of the psalm did, that is to speak to ourselves. We need to speak to ourselves. We need to say to our heart, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord and we need to move further than that and say, why can I trust in God? We need to dig deeper into the truth of what it means that God is our help. And so this, this psalm then reminds us of a number of specific truths that we can apply uh, to our lives. The first truth then is in the second half of verse 2. 
Who is the Lord who helps us? He is the maker of heaven and earth. The God who helps us is the one who made the world around us. If you weren't here last week, we looked at Psalm 19 and we saw in that psalm how the majesty and the glory and the honour of God is is everywhere around us. We just have to lift our eyes uh, to see it. It's there for us to behold. And this psalm tells us that the same God who made that extraordinary world is the God who gives us his help. The help that we get is not from the hills, but from the maker of the hills. And if that's true, then whatever you face, God is more powerful than that, because whatever it is, God made it. You only need to turn on the news to be overwhelmed by the possibility of serious catastrophe. Uh, I don't know if you keep a track of what's going on in the news, but, uh, you know, just a few things that have happened uh, recently or are happening. America and Iran are in danger of going to war. North Korea continues to develop nuclear weapons despite attempts to stop them. China is increasingly asserting itself in the Asia-Pacific, militarising parts uh, of the Asia-Pacific. There's the threat of a trade war between the US and China. Britain is in the middle of a costly and uncertain exit from the European Union. International markets are struggling. In Australia, people are continuing to worry about the housing market and the risk of a bubble in Sydney and Melbourne and housing prices collapsing. People are concerned about the level of household debt. And then, of course, there's the recent bushfires, some of the worst, maybe, that we've ever seen. And then there's a longer-term question of what uh, a warming climate will mean for the survivability and, uh, of us as a nation, as a people, and of our manner of life. In other words, there's plenty to worry about, isn't there? And all those things really are utterly beyond our control. And so if we're not careful we'll live our lives in a near constant state of panic and fear about the future. But we have to remind ourselves in that context where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Our help comes from the God who made all the things around us. He's greater than any threat that might face us. Oddly enough, though, uh, sometimes I think it's easier to trust God in the major catastrophes uh, than to trust God in the smaller things. Um, I was speaking to someone recently, and they said to me, Carl, I can, I can cope with World War III, <laughs> because I know I can't do anything about that. You know, what I can't cope with is decisions about, you know, about life, things that I feel like I can control. Sometimes when we feel like we, we do have some measure of control over our circumstances, we begin to be more anxious. But even in those situations, we need to remind ourselves that our help comes from God. How will, will I get the kids to soccer tonight? You know, how will I get all my work done this week? Uh, how will I manage to get through, this, through the day when I barely slept last night? How will I get through the day when, when my body is racked with pain? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. 
Well, that's the first truth. The next truth about God is that he will not let your foot slip. Verse 3, he will not let your foot slip. Last year, I uh, climbed the ruins of a castle uh, with some friends. Uh, and to get to the spot where we had lunch, it was a slightly foolish thing to do, to be honest. But uh, I wasn't in control of the situation. Uh, to get to the spot where we had lunch, we had to walk across this narrow ledge, sort of hugging up against a wall. Uh, and, and it was not great. It was not ideal. Uh, and as we sat there having lunch, all I could think about was, oh my goodness, how am I going to walk over that ledge again? I was thinking, all I could imagine as we sat there having lunch was me or somebody else slipping as we walked across that ledge. So often life is full of those, those fears, isn't it? Those what ifs. What if that happens? What if the economy collapses? What if there's a nuclear holocaust? What if there's a zombie apocalypse? Maybe that's not your fear. Maybe if you've been watching too many films, that's your fear. But... but <laughs> It's stupid, isn't it? But actually, so many of our fears are stupid like that, aren't they? Every day, there's almost no end to the number of fears that we can face. But this psalm says, no matter what happens, God won't let your foot slip. Because he's always watching over us. He won't let your foot slip because, verse 3, he who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The reason he won't let your foot slip is because he's always alert. He knows just when it's about to happen and he can prop you up. Again and again in this psalm, there's this one word which is repeated and that is watches. He watches. He watches over you. He watches over your life. Again and again, this psalm reassures us that God is watching. God is keeping us within his care. I was talking to somebody the other day who'd been on, uh, on holidays with their family uh, and they'd been at the beach uh, and they said that uh, they had a great time swimming but they also found themselves a bit, a bit nervous, a bit apprehensive uh, because they would go out into the water with their kids and they, and they just felt like they had to be hyper-vigilant, hyper-alert, you know, because of what might happen. I can't imagine uh, what it would be like. I thought as we were talking, I thought, I can't imagine what it would be like to have that sense of responsibility for, for a child. I can't imagine what that would feel like. But the truth is, of course, that we can never be everywhere. We can never watch every, everything. We can never be 100% sure that anyone is completely safe, whether that's us or somebody else. But we have... Baby monitors, don't we? Because we want to make sure that things are, are okay. We share our locations with our friends and family on our phone because we want to know that people are looking after us, alert for our protection. We track our friends and family on flight stats because we want to know whether their plane has arrived safely or not. We want to be alert. And at some level, there's nothing wrong with that. But even our alertness can't promise safety. We can't be everywhere. We can't be always awake. But what we can't do, God can. God never sleeps. God never slumbers. And when something goes wrong, he can actually do something about it. And he can even do something about it before it even happens. He can stop you before you slip and before you fall. 
Now, that's not an encouragement to walk across narrow ledges and not be afraid. Probably shouldn't have walked across that ledge in the first place, to be honest. And it's not a promise that we can do dangerous things and we'll be okay, and it's not a promise that he'll protect us from every tragedy or every sadness or every difficulty. But it is a promise that if we belong to Jesus, God will never let us slip out of his loving and fatherly care. So if we've linked up with Jesus, our help comes from God who made the whole world. He's bigger than anything that can threaten us. If we've linked up with Jesus, he, uh, our help comes from him and he won't let our foot slip because he watches over us all the time. Then in verse 5, God is our shade. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The psalm uh, gives us a picture of protection from the harsh uh, beating sun. There's nothing worse, I think, than being uh, exposed to the constantly uh, beating sun. I remember once being at a game of cricket many years ago at the SCG, sitting on the concourse all day in the baking hot sun. It must have been 30 degrees, and we didn't have enough sunscreen, I'm sure, and, I, and I was, it was awful. I was red raw by the end of the day. But, but sitting in the sun is not just unpleasant. Sitting in the sun or being in the sun can actually be deadly. In the outback of Australia, people, people die from dehydration sometimes, from being exposed to the elements. And in that situation, shade is not just a nice thing to have. Shade is a matter of survival. And that's what God is like, says this psalm. He's cool, he's refreshing, he's life-saving shade from the things that threaten us. But he's also the shade from the moon. Now, what's wrong with the moon? You might think, well, the moon doesn't seem that troubling to me. I mean, the sun, fair enough. The moon, the moon, no, the moon. But what's wrong with the moon? It's not, it's not the moon itself which is the problem. It's, it's what the moon represents. That is nighttime. You know, the, 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 the day has its own dangers and night has its own dangers. At night, we often feel more vulnerable because we can't see very far we can't see very clearly uh, at night uh, we feel vulnerable uh, maybe often we're, we're more likely to be alone uh, we feel that we don't have access to people as easily as other times of the day the night has its dangers and the day has its dangers but this psalm reminds us that whatever time of day whatever the dangers god is there with us he shelters us he protects us he protects us in the day from the beating sun, he protects us at night from the lurking dangers. As I speak uh, to, to people in this church uh, day to day and week to week, I realise that there are people who are facing enormous challenges. People who are facing uh, health challenges, whether it's their own health challenge or the challenge of, of somebody that they know and love, love uh, whether it's physical health challenges or mental health challenges whether it's challenges at work or challenges at school or challenges in the home or in marriage or with family, the challenges that have gone on maybe for a long time, for years. It may not always feel like it, but if you belong to Jesus, whatever those challenges are, God is there. He's your shade. He's your shelter. He's a place of rest from the beating sun that wears you out and is a place of safety from the dangers that lurk in the night 
that you can't see. God is our shade and our helper. So if we've linked up with Jesus, our help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. Uh, He won't let our foot slip. He's watching over us all the time. He's our shelter day and night. And finally, God is keeping us no matter where we go now and forever. Verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Again, the idea is the full extent of God's care. God will protect you no matter what. God will watch over you. Again, the promise is not that you'll never fall, that you'll never hurt yourself, that you'll never suffer or never die. The promise is that nothing will ever happen to you over which God is not in control. The promise is, uh, as the Heidelberg Catechism puts it, that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. The, the, The promise is that God is always protecting us and guiding us. He'll watch over you as you leave, the psalm says, to go somewhere new, and he'll watch over you as you come back home. He'll be with the Park family as they leave, and he'll be with Peter and Anne as they go to Africa. And if he calls you to a new place in 2020, he'll be with you there as well. He'll be with you on the other side of the world and he'll be with you in your home. He'll be with you as you go to a new school this year or a new university or a new town or a new church. He'll be with the challenges that you don't know how to face. He'll be with you as you face a terrible diagnosis He'll be with you as one of your children suffers. He'll be with you as you share the good news with a friend or a family member or a neighbour. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, he's there and he's watching over you. And he's with you today. If you belong to Jesus, God is with you now, not just tomorrow. It's not a promise for the future. God will be with you tomorrow, but not today. No, God is with you now, this very moment. You don't have to wait. And he's not just with you now. He's with you forever. He's with you tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that for all eternity. Will he be with me tomorrow? Yes, he'll be with you tomorrow. Will he be with me in that place? Yes, He'll be with you in that place too. The good news is that wherever we go, whatever we face, God will be there with us. He'll be watching over us, never sleeping, never letting our foot slip, watching over our going out and our coming home, both now and forevermore. Let's pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, you know all things. You know tomorrow and what will face us. And you know this year and what will face us. Lord, you even know what's coming today when we walk out of this building and when we go home. And Lord, we don't know any of that. We have our guesses, our hopes, our fears. But you know... And you have all things in your control. And Lord, 
we want to say this morning to you and to each other and to our own hearts, our help comes from you, the maker of heaven and earth. Lord, you won't let our foot slip because you neither slumber nor sleep. You're our shade by day and by night, our shelter amid the storm, our protection. You watch over us as we go out, as we go to the other side of the world, and as we come home. Lord, you watch over us now and forevermore. Thank you so much for that. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.